All right, 1030. Welcome back, everyone. The Fix live in the Prop Swap Studios. How we doing midweek? Some baseball playoff action for you live, and we'll keep you updated later throughout the show with that. But right now, we drop everything, and we turn to the most important half hour of the show. It's NFL Eagles football fix time, baby. That's all that matters. And finally, the walk-up music for our man, Johnny Mack. John, what's going on, brother? Hey, Ryan, how are you? Yeah, I hear you talking about baseball. I tried to watch baseball. It's a tough watch these days. I put that on Twitter. I, tough, uh, tough watch. really is a tough watch. I'm with you. I, uh, I don't know. I, I can't get into it. I really can't. Yeah, I, I, mean, I haven't been able to get into it for years, and this pandemic has not made it easier with the no fans and everything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly for everybody. I mean, I think it's tough to watch the NBA in the bubble. It's mm-hmm. tough to watch football games with no fans. So, I mean, the no fans thing is, is baked in. That's bad, but that's bad for everybody. But, you know, just the product in general. Nobody puts the ball in play. Everything's launch angle. Everything's home run or bust. Yep. No entertainment value. There is no entertainment value. And, and you know, teams can go, like, hitless for six or seven straight innings, and they can have a man on first with no out. And it's like, dude, bunt. Bunts are are outlawed, I think. You you barely steal bases anymore. You know, Lou Brock just passed away recently, unfortunately. I mean, that's, you know, that was one of the greatest base stealers of all time. But, you know, that's going way back. But even if you think about Ricky Henderson, somebody like that, that's one of the most exciting plays in baseball. It's basically taken out. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's bad. And I, I, I think... I say this about all sports, and I'll transition this to the NFL as well. I mean, that's the goal. You know, when you talk about these analytics people and whether it's the three-point shot in basketball or, as I said, launch angles, home runs in baseball, uh, or, or, or football and spread offenses and, and tempo and things like that, that's fine. You know, if it's your job as an executive or, or somebody running a, a team or a professional sport, it's your job to try to find the best way to win. So I have no issue with those people. But if you're running the league, it's your job to make the game entertaining for the fans. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to change rules to stop something, change the rules. <laughs> right. I'm with you. I mean, you and I have had a lot of good conversations um, in the past about NFL and NBA and even baseball at times, and I I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's like, dude, do something. Like, Wilt Chamberlain used to stand in the paint for 20 straight minutes, and then they said, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't let people do that anymore (laughs) because the product was ridiculous. So, baseball. Perfect example. And and another, unfortunately, another Hall of Famer that just recently passed, Bob Gibson was so dominant, that's why they lowered the mound, because yeah. he was too good. Yeah. And, and, and same with Will Chamberlain. They changed a lot of the rules because he was so good, but compared to everyone else, but and, and that's what you should do. You, you're trying to make it more competitive, but more than even competition, you're trying to make it more entertainment, entertaining. And if Bob Gibson's going out and every game's one nothing, well, that's kind of boring. 
So you want to get some offense back in the game. And they lowered the pitching mound, and I think that was the right decision. But it just proves this always happens in every sport. You have these, whether it's a, 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 a generational player, like we just mentioned with a Will Chamberlain or Bob Gibson, or whether it's a generational coach like Bill Belichick. You've seen it in the NFL. Formation tricks. Mm-hmm. You know, he figured out that loophole with the clock in the fourth quarter last season. What did they do? They change it. They change the rules. <laughs> yeah, it's it seems pretty straightforward, but uh, good discussion there and a lot of good examples from you, John. And um, I guess we should get into football here. And I, I want your thoughts – I basically led the show with this. What are your thoughts on Haskins getting benched? I'm really surprised at not necessarily the move, but how Ron Rivera handled it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I well, hey, I don't like the move. I, I mean, if you're if you're going to pull the trigger on a young quarterback, I mean, you got to give him more time than that. Uh, so I think you got to rewind all the way back to actually drafting him, and obviously Ron Rivera wasn't there, so he doesn't maybe isn't tethered to him as much as somebody who, who would have been around when he was drafted. So that explains maybe that part of it. But then again, you know, then don't let him be the starter to begin with. I mean, if you want to go in a different direction, and hey, if Alex Smith gets healthy, I mean, he's, He's proven himself in this league. I mean, that was such a catastrophic injury. We're going to have to see uh, if he if he gets back up to a position where he can start, but then wait for Alex Smith to be ready. Uh, I don't think you need to go the bridge that you know is not very good. It's a rickety bridge. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a bad football team, uh, and, and they tend to make decisions. And even though Ron Rivera isn't a bad football coach and he's new there and he's trying to change things around, it just seems when you get uh, to a bad organization, you start making bad decisions. I, I, I think this is one of them. I really do. Yeah, I agree. Because his his reason, just one more here, and then we'll obviously transition to Eagles. His reasoning was um, – well, the division is really bad. If if there was a team in the <laughs> NFC East that yeah. were four and it zero, is bad. yeah. But still, like how that looks, I agree with him. But you don't say that to the media. He's like, man, if we were out of this thing, then yeah, I'd let Haskins get <laughs> crushed and lose. But we have a chance to win, so he can't stay in there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I get it from his standpoint of look, you you're, you're in the division, <laughs> amazingly. Uh, you know, you already have a win against the division leaders, the Eagles, which is hilarious. Um, so I, I get it, you know, from a math standpoint, he's a competitive guy. He, he thinks especially if he can get to Alex Smith, uh, and Alex Smith is even close to what he was before the injury, well, they probably are in the conversation to win this division, to be honest. Um, but, again, you got to get to him and you got to see what he is. Uh, but... You know, when I bring that up, I, I, the point is to get to the end game. Okay, let's say you win this division. Great. You're one and out in the playoffs. you got a worse draft choice. So, again, I, I'm not one of those people that advocate losing. I'm not saying they should just, you know, tank for Trevor, as everybody is. And, you know, there's a lot of people in sports, and nobody knows it better than Philadelphia because of what the Sixers did for so long. There's there's this whole coalition that now believes in that. And the minute you start to sense a season going off the rails, you have this vocal minority saying, go lose. You know, that's not never going to be Ron Rivera. 
And that part I, I don't have a problem with. I, I mean, he, he's not going to go and actively try and lose. If he thinks he can win this thing, he's going to try and win that thing. So that part of it I don't have a problem with. Yeah, no, neither do I. I mean, the NFL, these guys, they're always on the hot seat, whether it's visible or not. That's They, they need to win no matter what the circumstances are. Uh, another big story, John, that really hasn't gone away, but it's – picked up some steam once again here as it died down for maybe a day or two the Tennessee Titans so obviously that's a big story because this COVID-19 and more players continue to test positive the tentacles so to speak of the COVID-19 once it gets into the NFL it's going to be hard to break off of them yeah I, I boy I, I I you know I I wish we could get past this hump but we're not I mean we're just not and we're certainly not going to get past it uh, until the election is over and I, boy I can't wait for that to happen but um, you know the reality is the NFL knew there were going to be positive tests positive tests are not necessarily bad um, especially amongst healthy people. Uh, the vast majority of positive tests around the, the NFL have been largely asymptomatic or very, very slight symptoms. Um, so, I, I mean, the bigger issue, and I've said this whether I'm on your show or Aton's show or a uh, hundred other shows, I, I've been saying this for months, the bigger hurdle is the public relations hurdle because you just have this group of people that is – I don't know, you know, use whatever adjective you want. I, I don't even want to throw it out there. But, I, I mean, they panic. And it's like, oh, my God, oh, a, a 25-year-old guy tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, 99.5%, that's probably higher than that. I, I mean, look, I'm not trying to downplay this virus. If you are older like me, and you're susceptible and you have pre-existing conditions, you, you should be scared and you should be doing everything uh, uh, to try to minimize your risk. But, man, I, I, I just don't understand this pe- these groups of people that want to shut things down, and they seem to take joy in it. Yeah, That's the part that I don't understand. No, I'm with I, you. I, I, I mean, you want to say I'm right and spike the football <laughs> rather than see NFL football? I, I don't get that part. Neither do I, but I mean, and I agree with everything you just said. It's just about the the games not being played. Like, that's the only thing I'm really focusing in on. Like, is there a possibility, John, that we could have another handful of games not played now this, this weekend? Well, yeah, there is, and that's what we just saw with the Titans, and they're even talk of because they, they violated some of the protocols. There's even talk of forcing them to forfeit a game. Which I said, competitive balance from the beginning, it's out the window in this season. Uh, so you're just going to have to accept that if you want to move forward. And I think that is the bigger issue. I think it is, and we know the protocols, and everybody knows them. And you know, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. Look, you have to do those things. And and I guess it's it's. People don't do them, and, and the Titans are at least accused of having this uh, workout uh, off the facility uh, to try to keep sharp. Uh, I guess you have to do something. I guess they'll penalize them, and, and we'll see how harsh it is. I think that's the bigger issue, and I think that was always going to be the bigger issue. I mentioned that way back in training camp. 
once you get in the regular season, players have more personal time, and that's when you're going to have more issues than in training camp where every day is so structured, and by the end of that day, you're dead tired and you don't want to do anything anyway. Um, So I I thought this was always going to happen. The league thought it was always going to happen. By and large, the number uh, of positive cases are still astronomically low. They're just a lot higher than they were because the numbers were so good to begin with. And then you have one team that has come off the rails a little bit. So can you get past the PR hurdle? That's, That's the bigger question. And that's always the biggest hurdle, especially with everything going on right now, as you just so um, detailed perfectly there. So what about, uh, how about this guy, Willie Parks? Remember him? <laughs> he he was announced to have that hamstring injury five weeks ago, and uh, is there any any positives there, not COVID positives, but any positive signs that he's going to come back soon? Well, there are positive signs. I mean, uh, Will is very active on social media, and he's he's been indicating that he's kind of chomping at the bit to to get back. And uh, he was working out on a separate field, so he is getting closer. Uh, and Doug Peterson mentioned today there's different grades of hamstring injuries, and obviously his one uh, was a bad one, uh, pretty evident, uh, because typically, you know, four- to six-week injury, um, we're, in, we're already sort of past that wheelhouse if you go back to preseason. Uh, so it, it was obviously pretty significant, and, and the Eagles could use him. I, I think, and I wrote about this with Jalen Mills moving back to corner, I think it would be a lot easier if Will Parks was there uh, for the Eagles to keep Jalen Mills at corner, at least till Avante Maddox can come back. So, uh, he, he's, I don't want to overstate it because he's, you know, he wasn't a great player in Denver, but he was a veteran player. Uh, and the Eagles had big plans for him as far as being that third safety and being the big nickel kind of player on their defense. So it's one of those underrated uh, people that have been missing that I think a lot of, fans don't think about because they haven't seen him before. This is his first year in Philadelphia uh, with the Eagles, even though he's a Philly native. So um, they haven't seen him yet, so it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. But he, he was supposed to be a big part of this defense. Yeah, I remember interviewing him, uh, having a conversation with him, I should say, on a, another station, and he, he just seemed like a great guy. And that's when I really just dug up some film and you know read up on him because He's not a huge name, but I agree. I think he's someone that whenever he does return, he's going to make a big impact uh, on this defense. Just another guy that can play a lot of different spots on the field, and that's that's a big uh, plus to have right now for the Philadelphia Eagles on either side of the ball. So the Steelers, that's the matchup this week. And, John, here's my thoughts on the Steelers. I said it before they beat the Houston Texans that I think they're a little bit overrated. They're the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Big Ben. It's Mike Tomlin. So there's a lot of cachet there. But I'm not sold on them completely. And maybe I'm already, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid that the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. But I, I think this <laughs> well, is a spot I, for them I, I to will win. say, <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I mean, you look at, you say 3-0, and oh, oh, that's, you know, and you think Pittsburgh Steelers, as you mentioned, say that's a good team. And, well, 
you know, they beat the Giants, they beat the Texans, they beat the Broncos. So look yeah. at those records. I think one in eleven uh, are there is their opponent's record to this point. So that takes a little bit of a luster off that three and zero. Now, hey, you can only play who's in front of you, and they've taken care of business against bad teams. That's what they're supposed to do, and I think they are a good team. The question is how good. I don't think they're Kansas City. I don't think they're Baltimore, even in their division. But I do think they're a good team. And I think you can look at that last year. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were down down, darn close. They were in it late in the season. And, you know, Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges, uh, that's good when you can stay in things. uh, When you have quarterback play that poor, so I think that tells you a lot uh, about the Steelers in general. And I think this is a big test for the Eagles because you go into a situation where you have a banged-up offensive line, Jordan Mailata starting a left tackle again, and it's not Kerry Hyder. We talked all week about Nick Bosa missing from the San Francisco 49ers, how big that was. Well, now you got Bud Dupree and, and, and T.J. Watt as the edge rushers in Pittsburgh, and it's kind of Blitzburg again. I mean, they've been blitzing more than any other team uh, in the NFL early in the season, and now they see Jordan Mailata at left tackle. You're going to see some blitzing. I'll say that. Yeah, and it's it's going to be an interesting matchup to see. And the Eagles are seven point dogs. I mean, that's that's also a big number. And I think everything that we're mentioning is a factor going into that. So what are the Eagles going to be able to really build off of from the win on Sunday night that we can see uh, hopefully this Sunday in Pittsburgh? Well, you know, I'm writing about this on Philly Voice tomorrow, and I think the identity of their team, and I think for a lot of people this is probably a disappointment. I think, you know, people wanted the identity. If you just think about what the Eagles are, got an offensive-minded head coach you're supposed to have an elite quarterback. He's been anything but at the quarter pole of the season. Plus, you had this four-by-100-meter relay team that everybody was talking about the entire offseason. So that's what you wanted the identity of this team to be, but the offense just hasn't been very good. And part of it has to do with the injuries, certainly. You know, you talk about those receivers from day one, Marquis Goodwin, the actual Olympian, he, he, he opted out. Then you have injuries to Deshaun and Jalen Rager uh, and Quez Watkins. So that's the rest of that four by 100 team. They're out. Uh, hopefully Deshaun will be able to get back. He was at practice today. Uh, the identity of this team is the defensive line, which has been lights out uh, for the past two weeks. Uh, 33 quarterback hits over the past two weeks. The Eagles lead the NFL in sacks. I think people will be surprised by that. Uh, Pittsburgh is second, although they've played one last game, obviously. But uh, either way, it's pretty impressive. Uh, And ever since Derek Barnett started to get healthy uh, and Javon Hargrave started to get healthy, all of a sudden you can see the depths, and they can roll eight guys in there. And now Vinny Curry is getting close to coming back. Uh, they started his 21-day window to come off injured reserve today. Um, so they're, I, I mentioned this on the show, they're deep there, they're talented there. Yeah. That's the identity of their football team. 
and that's how they're going to have to win games until this, or or at least buy time for this offense to kind of figure some things out by just playing lights out like they've been doing the past two weeks. What's John Hightower about? <laughs> how good can can uh, can he be? I, I don't think he's very good now. I mean, I don't want to disparage. He's a fifth round pick. I mean, I, I don't know what people were expecting. Uh, I think that was a huge uh, play for him to pick up a fourth and four uh, on the rub route, uh, and he did that with Travis Fulgham. So you think about that, uh, those two players making a big play. So that's a positive. But if you're looking for consistent production from a fifth-round pick as a rookie, I, you got some issues. Uh, so the fact that, John is playing so much is out of necessity. I mean, the Eagles want all Sean Jeffrey back. He's back at practice. He was out there again today. Uh, so Deshaun's getting closer. We talked about Jalen Rager. That's probably not going to be until after the bye week. Um, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was back at practice. They need to get some of these guys back on the field, and they can't rely on John Hightower to play the most snaps at receiver. That's not a recipe for success. Now, that's not to say he can't develop into something down the line, but, uh, I mean, he's got a really difficult time getting all press covers. That's been his biggest issue, and that's typically the biggest issue for most rookie receivers in this league uh, because you've got great corners in the NFL, and you don't have that at the college level. So, He's got to fight through that. He's got to get stronger. He's got to figure it out. But he's out there now because they need him out there because they have nobody else. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's absolutely out of necessity. But maybe because he's out there out of necessity, he can turn into something not even legitimate, just something that Carson can rely on. You know, he can maybe make a couple big plays, move the chains, and just be. Well, I mean, you can argue that he. I mean, he converted the fourth down, as I said. Yeah. Fulgham made the big catch for the touchdown. We've talked about Greg Ward a lot. Uh, I mean, you could argue these guys have been more productive than the guys <laughs> they want back on the field. Now, yeah. Uh, you know, that's not fair with Deshaun at all, Sean. I mean, they're proven players, but you got to be realistic at this point, I think, with Deshaun Jackson. He's 33 years old. He can't stay on the field. I, I mean, we're, we're, you know, 16 games into a season uh, back. He, he played one game, essentially. He tried to come back. Obviously, it didn't work. So, he, essentially, you got one game out of him. And, and now... Uh, we're moving into to week five, and you've gotten one and a half games out of. So I, I mean, I, I don't know how you can count on that guy at this point. And all Sean's a big unknown simply because of the injuries coming back from, uh, and the fact he was never the fastest guy to begin with. So you think Liz Frank injury, and if he loses another half step. How effective is he going to be? So these are all unknowns, but it'd be nice to have somebody out there who knows how to run a route occasionally. That would help Carson Wentz. Easy, John. Don't ask for too much here now, okay? <laughs> Come on now. 
<laughs> it's it's unbelievable. But and uh, you know we, we're we're gonna have to go here in a minute, John. But it's like I agree. With you. It feels like we haven't seen Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson in in years. Like I, I don't even remember what it's like to watch those guys play and Alshon especially. I mean I I don't know how close to himself he's going to be, even the most recent version of himself. I guess we'll find out in the next few weeks, hopefully. Yeah, and I think the goal is to get him back this week. So I think it's something to keep an eye on as we go through the week, if he can get up there. Because if you think about it, the Eagles didn't want to put him on the pup list to start the season because they thought he would be back before that. Well, pup list is six weeks. Uh, We're in week five. So they thought he was going to be back before week six. This is the last chance uh, to be back before week six, and we'll see if he can get out there. We'll see, and that's something that uh, John and I will absolutely get more into tomorrow and Friday as we continue to look ahead to the Eagles and Steelers, the PA State rivalry, Big Ben against Big Red, Carson Wentz. Uh, should be a good one, and John and I will have you covered. Follow John on Twitter at J.F. McMullen. Check out all of John's work at phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated at si.com, and extending the play every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. John, will do the same thing again tomorrow night, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ron. Yep. There he is, Johnny Mack. And it's he brings up, as he always does, just a lot of good points. Um and Alshon Jeffrey, it's like Deshaun Jackson especially, but it's just more of a frustrating type of aspect with Djax. Alshon, it's like, dude, I forget watching him play. I feel like the last the last time you remember Alshon Jeffrey is the big drop in the 2018 playoffs against the Saints. Uh, so he's just felt like he's been off the field now forever. Djax cannot stay on the field. Um, and Deshaun Jackson is competing for worst current Philly athlete contract. He's up there right now with Big Al Horford. He's up there right now with Jake Arietta. I think you got to throw him in the mix. If Deshaun Jackson can't have some consistent production at some point this NFL football season, that is a joke of a contract and what a failure that is becoming. Ah, just the Eagles talk, man. That's all it is. Frustrating. One hour down, two more to go. Live in the Prop Swap Studios here on The Fix. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. Still to come, we'll keep it in the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys, are they deserving of being double-digit favorites this Sunday? Can the Giants cover? Find out right here on The Fix. The smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's